You're listening to Filling the Storehouse Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Stuart. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living the abundant life through faith, family, and freedom. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours. Together, achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to intentionally fill our storehouse. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Stu. Hi, this is David. And uh, hey, we got some new social media channels. We've got uh, a new Instagram account just for Filling the Storehouse. Heck yeah, check us at Insta on the Instas at Filling the Storehouse Podcast. Yep, and we got TikTok. Tickety talk. Check us out at Filling the Storehouse. You got to dance when you check us. Bam. Check it. What's up? How's everybody? What up? What up? Wojo, looking good, sir. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here with you too. Yeah, man. Did you did you like just get out of the 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 gym? I mean, you you're looking. Pretty- I mean, does it look like I got a little swole going on here? I can't. It's just it's, the t shirt has some padding in it. Yeah, Whatever, dude. man. It's not the t shirt medium. Like as long as you keep <laughs> that, sizing it down, dude. Don't don't tell my secrets, man. That you know you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. My bad. <laughs> Hey, hey, well, Joe, I, I have a serious question for you. I know, you know, you, you guys, you have a podcast, the Life in Air podcast, and and you have a, a co-host, uh, uh, Polish Peter. Do you ever feel like your co-host is just like weighing you down and you're just like, like always trying to just like, I mean, he's like always riding your coattails and, and you like, you always feel like you're being brought down by your co-host. I, you know, that happens, man. Like, and I think it happens a lot, right? Like more, and, and sometimes they ask about other co-hosts because they don't want to address their their co-host individually. So like, I can relate to this a lot. And in fact, um, I did tell him I was going to be on the show and he said, dude, well, what are they out of, they out of interviewees? Like they couldn't be like four months ago. (laughs) Why am I friends with you? I don't know why you're like, I don't know why I have the show. Hey, I'll tell you one thing for me, though. I love my co-host because he's very empathetic. Like he feels my pain, right? My co-host is like, man, I know that you think I suck, right? Like he knows how I feel about him. And so when he really addresses those emotions and brings other people into it, I'm, I'm just, I, it just reminds me how grateful I am. Yeah, how thankful you are. Somebody. Yeah, I'm just so thankful that uh, I, I have somebody that I can co-host with that's so empathetic and self-aware. He's very self-aware recognizing that, you know, he's a no load and like, people don't like him. <laughs> you guys are a match made in heaven. There's no disputing that. Yeah. Uh, well, you can tell, you can tell uh, Polish Peter that um, we just kind of got him out of the way early on because we were still like kind of practicing and we were waiting for the real show after the 100 <laughs> that's, episodes. Okay. Well, that's, that's right. Right. When, no, when it hadn't caught on yet. And right. Like, hey, let's see if this technology right. works. And exactly. If our fa- if, yeah. <laughs> well, we also wanted to see if we could run the, the, um, the audio through a translator oh, to so see like if once you run it through the, the Polish, um, you know, and, the and subtitles kind of it back out. Yeah. Yeah. See so, if the subtitles it, worked, it, worked, work. it worked great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey man, well, Joe, we are, uh, we're so excited. Stu and I were pumped to, uh, I know I've been, you know, as, as I look through my calendar, I kind of look forward a week, look at the, uh, you know, look at the current day and I do that, you know, pretty, pretty regularly. And every time I was, I've looked forward to this day, man, I've been like, yes, we got Wojo. So excited. We love Peter, Peter, all love to you, man. We, uh, we, we miss you and we'll have you both on at some point together. Cause I think that'd be a really fun dynamic, but, um, man, we're just huge fans of you and life and air and, and, uh, 
you know, we're super excited to get really plugged into, into the life in our group, but man, yeah, we're pumped to have you here. So I know you're a busy man. I know nap time. I hope this doesn't cut into nap time for you. No, that's why we did it early. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, but we'll get into some of those specifics, but Hey, tell, tell us a little about yourself and, and, and be specific, dude. We, we want to hear, you know, I want our audience to hear like just the, 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 just the, the huge shift and from like you being crazy, weightlifter marketing doctor like all the things that are very very high level and kind of how you've evolved into the you know the ceo of life yeah dude well and so you know i i've always so i always i I mean i wanted a great life and, and everybody around me uh gave me the impression that like you know a great life is accomplished by having a great job because a great job means great money and so I didn't have any connections. I didn't have any, like somebody, like a, any nepotism that was going to work for me. So I like, I had to go out and get an education to get that. And, and, and I joke that like, I didn't want just a great, a good life. I want a great life. So I got four degrees, but along with, and, and yeah, so I got two, two bachelor's, man, listen, dude, 15, 15, literally years of school, two bachelor's degrees, a master's and a PhD. But another reason alongside that, that I don't talk about a whole lot is like, I didn't know what I wanted to do because I looked at what, you know, grownups people in the, in the workforce were doing. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I can't, I don't, I can't put my thumb on something that I think I would absolutely love that I'd want for a career. And so I was searching, like, I was hoping that through all these courses and these classes and things like that, like I'd find something that my heart was just like, this is what I want to do. And I'm so excited. Like I was always envious of people that like, Oh, I want to be this. And I know I'm going to be that. And and it was just in their blood, it was in their DNA and, and they, and they do a right. They loved it. And they, and they're happy doing that. That wasn't me. Like I didn't know really what I wanted to do. And so I'm, I'm, I'm semi-procrastinating having to jump into the workforce. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm going to, I'm by getting all these degrees, I'm going to pretty much maximize my options so that I'd have like most choices available because I'd have, I'd have a diverse degrees and, and, and a lot of education. Um, and so, and so eventually I get that first job. I'm working for the Navy. Um, actually, I think I told you guys this. I was doing biological and chemical warfare detection stuff. Um, yeah, sounds awesome. way cooler than it really was, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like people are like, "Ooh, really?" And I'm like, "Listen, I'm like Whoa, mixing chemicals." Cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm mixing chemicals the same as I was in like grad school. Like it's the same stuff, uh, except this stuff I don't want to spill on me, right? And um, and so like for literally first first month of working, I'm like. I can't do this, dude. Like I, I can't imagine working for somebody else the rest of my life doing something I'm not passionate about. And it's not even that the people or the job itself were, were terrible. That's not it. It's just that I just, I, somebody else had control over my life. Like when I worked, how much I made, what I worked on, who I worked with, all these things were outside of my control. And that just really, really viscerally, I felt it. And so I, I looked at, I started looking at the real estate. Um, and actually, um, on the surface, as I'm starting to look in real estate, everything's great. My first year in real estate, um, I got actually got coached by Steve Cook of Life Air. Um, he coached me through my first three deals. I did three deals my first year and made and made six figures net, which for me, I was that that was a dude, that was like the the heavens opening. And well, my first deal I made 33 and change, and that was like literally half my year's salary. And I'm like, holy cow, like in one property, I just made half my year's salary. And I, and I still had a full-time job while I'm doing this. What, what would happen if I was actually working at this like full-time? Like I started running, dude, I've made a million dollars in my head like 10,000 times. Like, and so 
Like you, you just, you just gotta, you know, and, and so here I am, I'm like on the surface, everything's awesome. Um, and then, um, you know, but I'm working all the time and that working all the time cost me my marriage. It, it, it ended me, uh, in, in over half million dollars of debt with almost, you know, $90,000 of credit card debt, like all these, all these mistakes I made that I was oblivious and blind to because I was pursuing, um, you know, success by, by worldly standards of, of money. And, and I, I kind of wore it as a badge of honor. Like, I'm like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing really good and I'm getting acknowledgement and approval from everybody. And they're patting me on the back and dude, you're killing it. You're this. And I'm, and I'm, you know, my, and, uh, I, and I think this is part of like the entrepreneurial dilemma is like, it's, we find, uh, we tended to find some significance in that. Like the more successful we are, it's easy for us to kind of get wrapped up into that identity. And so like, I just crashed and burned and I, and I had to start over again. And, you know, it's funny because when I, so we'll talk more about life in air later, but like when I first went into life in air, dude, I, I was the guy that said, show me how to make the money. Like I'll worry about life later. Which is exact, um, and I caution people against this now. I'm like, listen, I I tried that. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Please learn from my mistakes. And so I, um, you know, after after everything crashed and burned, dude, I'm living on I'm living on an air mattress in my rehab because I I didn't have any money. I couldn't afford a place uh, to live, and like so I had to I had to literally um, start from scratch. Now, the other part of that is while I was doing my real estate business, I also had two other businesses going at the same time. Um, that also were, were competing for my attention. I had, a, I had a fitness business online. I'd been super blessed to uh, have some bodybuilding success um, nationally. And, and I was in some of the magazines and, and uh, won some national titles. And, and so, so that was another business. And then I was doing uh, real estate brokerage stuff too. Um, partly because I just love, I love the challenge of business. And I, I, was, I had some shiny object syndrome uh, going on. And I, and I couldn't, I wasn't really focused and I was losing track of everything around me except, except business. Um, even my, my training took a dive, like, you know, my, my, my bodybuilding training, all that stuff took a nosedive. Um, and so that's, that's kind of like what led me down this life inner path to, to tell people like, dude, you don't, you don't have to pick one or the other. You can do both when you do it correctly. And there's, and there's a way to do it. Is that, is that, is that too much? Is that too little? I got way no, more. No, detail. no, that's, I would say too, too little, but I love, cause I love your story, but, yeah. but that's good. But before you ask Stu, one, one question just to, um, you know, to rewind a little bit, what, what was it that took you to the, to the life and air group? Like what, you know, you're in this, all this chaos, like what, yeah. what, how, how did you, did you read the book or something or what took you? No, there? the book wasn't even published yet, man. It was actually, so Steve Cook, the founder started off as a real estate investor in Baltimore. And I was, I was in PG County, uh, right next to DC. So we we're like 45 minutes from there. He's a real estate investor. Um, and at that point, Steve was a national, nationally recognized person. And, and I happened to, um, this is crazy, dude, talking about like serendipity. I knew he was, I'd, I'd, I'd heard, I actually had his course. Awesome, awesome course on, on rehabbing houses. And that's what I used to get to the rehab. But anyways, I'm at a property auction in DC, um, it was like an auction.com auction. And I see Steve cook and I was with my buddy, Kevin, who actually you guys haven't met yet. He's in life in there too now, which is awesome. And so I'm like, dude, that's Steve cook. And he's like, dude, no way. He's like, that's why. And dude, this sounds so ridiculous now because I was literally starstruck. I'm like, and I tell Steve this and he gets, Steve is the most mild mannered, meek, like just average looking guy. 
But and when you when I told him this, how I first thought he's so red, it was hilarious. He was, but I go up and talk to him like I'm like I'm you know I'm probably like stuttering like Steve Cook like and he's just super nice to me and we start chatting and he was just super nice and then I so I looked up his coaching after that and I saw he had a an entry level coaching program and I got into it and then um, a few months into it he called me and he said hey listen we're starting the titan it's called titanium coaching. Um, are you interested in being in it? And he named some of the people that were going to be in that group who were other nationally known people. And I'm like, Steve, like, listen, I am honored. I'm flattered, but I don't fit in that group, man. I've never even done a deal yet. And he's like, no, I, I see something in you um, that I, I think you got something special and you're going to be successful. And I want you part of this group. And I'm like, dude, when, when somebody like that says something to you like that, it just, it gives you the inspiration. You're like, you know, you don't want to let them down number one, but to have them see that in you, I mean, it's very powerful. It was for me. And, and that was the, that was the catalyst that changed everything for me is getting around those high quality people that now I could, you know, be pulled along in their wake. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I, I, uh, you know, when David and I came to Milwaukee and we went to the, the get a life getaway, it's a three-day event, um, where it really kind of helps, uh, create your vision. Um, you guys do an amazing job of that. And your story, man, like it just really resonated with me because I, I saw myself um, in your story a lot. And, you know, you, you kind of hinted at it earlier, kind of in your introduction about just how you're going so many different directions. You didn't really know what you wanted to do. You were trying to get all these degrees and all these certificates and just to have options. And that's kind of how I was feeling as we're kind of getting closer to retirement to get out of the Navy is I want to have all these options. So I'm just going to do everything. You know, we're going to build multiple businesses. We're going to have rental properties, RV parks, uh, lending. I'm going to get my mortgage license. I'm going to get my realtor license, you know, all kind of in this real estate sphere, but you know, we got the podcast, we got all this other stuff. And I'm just feel like, I felt like I was just getting pulled so many different directions and, you know, building multiple bridges instead of just focusing on one. And, and your story really resonated with me because it sounded like you're kind of going that same direction. What, what was it that like, just said, dude, Wojo, what are you doing? Like, what, what was that? Was that, yeah. was that the, the marriage? Well, and before you, before you answer Wojo, I just want to make one thing absolutely clear for, our, especially people who don't watch, um, Stu resonated, but it, minus the muscles and the brains, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and let me, let me answer two questions there, Stu. Yeah. One is, is like, I had a complete lack of focus. And, and if I look back, you know, even, and you brought up a point that I never even thought of like that. Sa- so what happened was that same lack of focus that I experienced in business. So, and so I mentioned, you know, I had three businesses at this point, it got worse. It got much worse. I got up to having six to eight businesses. It got to the point where I'd go to these mastermind retreats with Life in Air, and it became an actual joke. Or like when somebody would come to the retreat with a new business idea or two, they'd be like, "Up, oh, you're here. You go again. You're pulling a wojo," because I kept generating more business ideas and trying to move down those paths. And so that same lack of focus, and you, when you just said it, it just struck me as like I had that same lack of focus through my education too, because I'm like, "Hey, it, it was all based on what ifs, right?" Like so. Well, hey, maybe I'm gonna maybe I'm gonna be a chiropractor. Maybe I'm gonna be a physical therapist. Maybe I'm gonna be uh, an MD. Maybe I'm gonna be a scientist. And so I I would I would investigate all these different things to set myself up to give myself options. Well, that same mentality, and I didn't put it together till now, is the same thing that showed up for me in business. And the reason for me that it did that was out of fear. Like, uh, what if this doesn't work? 
What if this doesn't provide what I need? What if I pick the wrong thing? And it was my coach who said, listen, here's the truth. Like all of these options are good. You can make any one of these successful if you just apply yourself to it. And, and so I, that, and, and it, I didn't do it overnight. It, you know, I took, I shed a couple businesses and then I, I gradually, gradually, gradually consolidated to, to where I am now. But even within Life and Air, man, I had to step away from being a coach for Life and Air because I realized, okay, too many, too many irons in the fire. I got to consolidate and really focus. So that that's one part of your question, which for me it was it was fear um, if it didn't work, because yeah. like I, I because it is scary to be an entrepreneur. It can be if if especially if you're right on that on that cutting edge and you don't have you know a, a really strong like track record and experience and you've built the confidence yet which I hadn't like each of my businesses was doing okay, but yeah. I knew it wasn't doing anything, cap- anything close to knew what, what it was capable of. And I'm like, what's wrong with this picture. And there's nothing wrong with having multiple businesses. And this was ex- actually, dude, almost everything I'm telling you, I learned from other people. So they said, listen, there's nothing wrong with multiple businesses, but you got to get one up and running first and streamline and optimize. Then you start with the next one without losing, you know, a, 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 a hold of that first one. I didn't do that. I did a bunch of them all at the same time. And that's why yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get the results I was looking for. Now, the other thing when you, and I think you're alluding to this too, is with, with my wife, um, my ex-wife, that was at, in, in terms of like, when I realized this wasn't the, the right path. Um, and I had really screwed up is that that was the moment, man. Like I, dude, I, I literally didn't want to get out of bed for a month. I don't think I lost my house. I, I, I mean, I, I didn't, maybe, maybe I must've, I must've done gone to the grocery store or something, but I didn't, I stopped working out. I stopped talking to people. I had a couple of friends that checked up on me that were like, actually probably concerned that I was gonna do something stupid. Um, but that was that the, the, the dissolution of that marriage was the hardest thing I'd ever gone through in my life. Like, um, it was, it was harder than my dad dying. Um, my dad died at 57 of a heart attack and this was harder for me than that. Um, and that's when I realized like, dude, I totally screwed this up. Like I, 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 I had my eye on the wrong thing. And I, I, um, I just, the whole thing just came collapsing and collapsed down on me. Yeah, man, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. And, and I think a yeah. lot of people can, can resonate. You know, I think there's, it's, I think the idea of entrepreneurship and the idea of being a business owner is very sexy, right? And it's very appealing. And I never want to work for anybody again in my life and all these things that we say. And, but there's a true cost as well. And and you have to either manage that cost. You have to decide beforehand to be intentional about that cost and put things in their place and put things in their order. And, and so I really appreciate you sharing that. Cause I think that can, I think there's probably people in the midst of these types of life events as, as you know, they listen to this and, and it also kind of leads to my next question. It talks, you know, one of the things you talked about, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when we were at the uh, Get a Life Getaway was the outside pressures. And I think it's important to address, you know, whether it's your mom, it's your wife, your family, like the outside pressures of the expectation that, well, you should be a doctor because I think it's best for you to be a doctor. And so you go down these paths and, 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 and I think just addressing and acknowledging them one is important. So if you could do that, uh, help us understand that, but also how do you, uh, how do you tangibly overcome? Is it like, mom, I'm just not going to call you anymore. Like, like what do you actually do to overcome these outside voices and pressures that are driving your ship instead of you driving it? 
So that's a great question, man. And the, and the challenge is this, is that everybody on this planet has, has had two things happen. One is they've, they've witnessed the people around them and they've adopted their habits or, or sometimes they go the other way. Many times they adopt their habits. They look at them as a model and they start to emulate them and copy them. This is how, our, by the way, our kids are like this, right? Like you can, you can tell them not to do something all day long or do something, but they look at you. Um, and then the other thing is they've experienced themselves uh, the desire to want to please people or to get acknowledgement and appreciation and, and the pats on the back and the, and, the, and the congratulations. And so what that means is like all of us, have done things in the past for the approval from others that has led to us feeling a sense of like, um, uh, of like not, we don't want to disappoint people. Right. Like, so, so if your mom, like my mom, for instance, is, is a great example. Mom loves, my mom loves me to death, but she, up until I was 41 years old, literally every single phone call, just about not, not every, she would say, Jason, you have a PhD. Why aren't you uh, a, a professor, why aren't you in academia? Why aren't you running a lab or in biotech or whatever? And whether it's that or whether, you know, I, I have a, I have a friend, Matt, who wanted to be a carpenter, but he comes from a white collar family. And you're, when you're, when you come from that family, you're not going to be a carpenter. You're going to be an attorney. You're going to be a dentist. You're going to be a CPA. And so he had to choose something that, and, and he did go along with it because like, and I understand it's, it's really, it is hard, especially when it's family um, that, that expects and wants something else for you. And, and I do think that 99% of the times those people want something that, that they think is good for you. Like they're trying to help you. They're trying to protect you. They're trying to, you know, do, do what they think is best is best for you, but it's just not They're They're projecting onto you their own version of what life should be like. And so that's a hard grain to go against because you have to, you have to let go of what, could potentially be some acknowledgement and pats in the back. Like, you know, when, when I was getting my PhD, my mom could brag all to all of her friends, like, Oh, my son's a PhD student. And you know, that she literally to this day asks me like, what do you do again? Like what? I don't understand. Do you work? Like, and so I don't know. Mom, I just take naps. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I, man, I, I mess with her now. I'm like, mom, I deal drugs. Yeah. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> I totally mess with her. And so, but you got to I think, in t and this is where I think we have so many people that are unsatisfied and unfulfilled in life is because they've never taken the time to really think about what they want. Like they have just gone along the path of least resistance, the, the one they were encouraged to go on. Like, oh, hey, you're really smart in math. Maybe you should be an engineer. And hey, okay, I'll do that. Like, and it pays really well, so I'll do it. But they're not passionate about it. They just do it for a paycheck. And th that's kind of like the golden handcuffs sometimes. Um, that can be like, you gotta, you, you mentioned it earlier, David, there's a trade-off, right? Like, do I want the steady pay paycheck of something that I'm not really passionate about? And, and, but I have a job and, and we'll, let's, I'll forget about whether it's actually like secure or not, because that's, that's a whole other discussion. Do I want to go with the steady paycheck and the certainty of, of um, covering my expenses, or do I want to go with the freedom and the scariness a little bit of going out on my own, but, but also have the chance to be fully, um, have, have passion about what I do and have fulfillment over what I do. And it, it's kind of a scale. Like I, I kind of picture it's like that, that ju the judges scale, like, right. That, that you see, um, and you're trading, you, you got to trade off a little bit, um, at least on the surface of, of what that, what that decision would be like. Now, 
what I believe in my, in my, like, and I won't say that I believe everybody's supposed to be an entrepreneur or business owner. Some people genuinely probably don't want to be that. Like they don't want to have to think for themselves. They don't want to have to go out and hunt for food. They want it brought to them. And I think that's a dangerous place to be in, but, but I understand it like that. I understand why people are like that. But I, for me, I think your only true, your only true certainty in life, the only guarantee in life you have in, in terms, in terms of business is that your value comes from your ability to, to provide value. And so if you can do that on your own, then your, or, or your ability to be resourceful and provide value. So if you do that on your own, now you have the chance to do something that you're really passionate about. Now you can use that resourcefulness for your own good instead of somebody else's good. And now you kind of have a chance like versus, I, I do think that sometimes if you're going to uh, have a job for somebody else, like we saw, I saw, I saw government people getting fired, like back in, in 08, 09, when I was working in DC, like, so, and that's the job you expect everybody to be safe for life. So I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think, I think that trade-off is there, but you got to consider living a whole life doing something you're not passionate about, especially if you're doing it eight, 10, 12 hours a day. Like that doesn't sound so fun. Yeah, man. And you really opened up our eyes, um, to, you know, to, uh, living a life, um, what living the life you want to live, right. Living this vision and creating a vision. I mean, that's, that's the hardest part because there are so many people, I mean, myself included that as you know, I'm 42 years old. And for the longest time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, you know, I, same thing. Like my grand, know, my, right? my grandfather was a, was a neuroradiologist. And so I thought I wanted to be a doctor. So I, I like applied to the Naval Academy with a, with a letter saying I wanted to be a doctor and go to medical school. Didn't go that way. Went and was a pilot and now, now done 20 years in the Navy. And now I want to be a real estate investor. Um, I think maybe, but like this, you know, this life vision, it was like, it was a hard thing to do to figure out what, what I wanted. And you guys have some great uh, exercises that help with that process. But, you know, I want to, I want to ask, you know, and we had talked before starting the recording here about this blueprint, you know, what, what does everybody think this blueprint is and, and does it really work? And, and is there truly a better way? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, I love that. And so I think, I think Every, everybody in life is working off a blueprint. It's just a matter of whether you actually design the house and the life or if somebody else designed it for you, you know, did you, did you come up with this on your own or is this something you're like, ah, yeah, this looks good. I'll just do that. And I'll design my life this way. And so I think that far too many people are living the life somebody else wants for them or they're just playing it safe and this was easy for them or they felt it was secure. But at the same time, I think that's the worst choice because it, it just, it just gradually sucks the life out of you. You know, how can you not have the rest of your life affected if you don't like what you're doing at work? Like when you come home when you're irritated, you're frustrated, you're, you, and not to say that those things don't happen when you work for yourself too, but like when you're, when you feel like you have no control um, over the direction of the company or decisions that are made or, you know, that stuff leaks into your relationship, but, but imagine a different alternative where you get to design the blueprint, the vision for the life you want to live. And then from there, we'll use that now as the tool to go out and create the business exactly in a way that, that complements our life and that, and that serves us. You know, this is the part that I think, uh, and this is speaking to, to the people who do start to go into business for themselves or entrepreneurs, 
Like the biggest per, this is what everybody forgets is like the biggest purpose of our business is to provide for the life we want. Like really, like, yes, it should serve the community. Yes, it can give to a greater cause. Uh, and those are all great things. But at the heart of business, it has to be to provide the life you want for you and your family and your loved ones. And so that's where, like, I think if people would take that time to create and figure out what they want versus what other people have said you should want, that, that, and that's tough, by the way, that whole should thing happens to career choices, possessions, houses, cars, like what I'm going to wear for clothes, like that, that is, that is a, just a general pressure. You just got to learn to dismiss and, 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 you know, go to, you know, move to your own tune. And, and the way, you know, as we we're talking prior to this, I think, I think the best way to do that is to get around other people that are doing that, that kind of thing so that you have a new um, influence, a new environment that is empowering to you and, and can show you like, there is a different way. And that's what I, that's the one thing I'm really passionate about telling people is like, listen, I'm, there, you can have an awesome life and make the money you want to and have an awesome business. And like, and all these things aren't mutually exclusive where I think so few people acknowledge or maybe some people are, are, are think it's too good to be true. And, and I get it. If you don't see a lot of people doing that, I, I, I could see how you could get discouraged with that. Um, but I'm here to tell you, man, like, and you guys are, are meeting these people too, like where there's just such a better way to do it, which is it starts with the vision. And then it goes to um, designing uh, in most, I, I, I want to be cautious here because like, I don't think that every, not every single person needs to uh, be an entrepreneur or own a business to, to fulfill their vision. But what I do see many, many times is like, you know, after they create their vision, and this is part of the exercise that you guys went through is like, you know, you might discover you have 20 hours a week to work before it's impeding on the life you want to live. And so unless you can arrange your job that you love to get to pay you enough money to do that in 20 hours a week, you may have to investigate going out on your own. And so like, that's, that's really where it comes into. So it's not to say that everybody who's going to own their, sorry, who, uh, everybody who's gonna have a great life needs to own a business. That's not true, but like, you gotta, you gotta juggle these puzzle pieces. Um, but before you can do that and you gotta put them together, you gotta know what's the picture I'm trying to create. Uh, and that's, that's again, where the vision comes in. Yeah, dude. One yeah, of the, there's a there's a oh sorry, go ahead. Steve. One of the guys. So I just got back from my first life and air retreat, and um, there's a couple of guys that that joined us that have been life and air for a while, and and uh, you know we really connected, and and he told me this year his number one goal was to be bored, and I was like, dude, that's awesome. And he, he's <laughs> like, I'm selling my house, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to travel around, I'm going to speak, I'm going to you know go to you know different things, work on my mindset, but I want to be bored this year, and I was like that's, <laughs> I don't know if I could do that, but like, that was his vision is I want to be bored this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but most people would be like, what? Like, you yeah. know, and, and, and if it's not for you, cool. But for him to be able to identify that for himself yeah. is, is cool. Like, cause that's, but that's pretty countercultural. Yeah. Like we yeah. live in a culture that's like, you know, crush it, 10 exit, like grind hustle. And yeah, so dude. I mean, in the different. world that we live, you know, the world that we put ourselves in with, with real estate investors. Right. I mean, that, you know, just like you said, 10 exit, get as much debt as you possibly can, more deals, you know, double your growth, you know, all this stuff. And is that, is that truly the best path to be on for you? Right, man. I don't know if it is. When you have to have a strong vision too, to counter that, because it's, it yeah. gets even more, it gets even stronger than that, right? Like we, we have people in our network that are like debt-free. You're stupid. Yeah. You're a yeah, bad investor. Yeah. You're an idiot. 
right? Like, like it's not just, it's not even just, uh, um, you know, necessarily, I, I mean, I don't want to say benign, like it's not, it's, it, I don't expect other people to, to embrace my vision, but, but if you don't, <clears throat> excuse me, if you don't have a vision for yourself, then those influences are not going to be light influences. They're going to be like, man, I'm telling you, if you don't look for this ROI and you don't use cash on cash and pull this debt and do this thing, like you're just not smart. Right. And you're like, well, but, but, but are you sure? Because the, it's everybody gets sucked into that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Well, you bring up a great point. So like with life and air, we talk, we talk about debt and, and, and more than anything, we want people to understand debt. And if you want to go on, if you understand it and you want debt, cool, just understand what it's costing you. But in that case, you're hearing from somebody that has a unidimensional filter on investing, which is ROI, return, leverage, money, right? Here's the truth though, that what part of life is, is uni, uh, you know, is, is one level, a single level. It's like unidimensional, Not, nothing is like, that's, that's the part that people miss is like every part of life is interconnected. And so when you, for instance, decide that, that ROI is your only indicator of success in business. Okay. Well, how about this? How about, are you stressed losing sleep at night over your investment or how you're going to pay those bills? Or if you have a property go vacant and there's a mortgage payment, dude, does that bother you? Or how about your return on time? Like, how is this affecting your schedule? Like you got, there's so many different parts to this. And this is where like, you know, you got to realize all these have to fit together. Uh, you can't, in, in almost any part of life, they, there's, 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 there's interplay and there's multiple things to consider um, that are, that are much more valuable than necessarily just an ROI uh, in, in this case, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, one of the things that, that you guys had, had really talked about quite a bit that I absolutely loved is, you know, you get the, you get a bunch of entrepreneurs in the room and, and usually when you start at that surface level, you know, most of them will start at the point of, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm doing this for my family. Like the reason that I am building this business and then when your wife is yelling at you and you're like, I don't you realize I'm doing this for you. And I love the, just a simple thing of, okay, if that's you, if that's what you're saying, then how about this exercise? Stop and ask your family, Hey, are you appreciating this thing that I'm doing? That's for you. And, and then you hear the answers, right? You hear, well, daddy, I want you to be, you know, I'm, I'm facing this on the extreme end right now. Cause I, uh, <laughs> I did this thing called Watchdogs. Watchdogs is uh, watch dads of great, uh, great students. It's a school program. The dads go and you walk around. I, I did recess with the kids. I played with them. It was great. But my son the next day was like, dad, like he was so mad. I don't want to go to school because I want you to come be a watchdog. And I'm like, buddy, uh, watchdogs doesn't pay. They pay $0. <laughs> so like, I can't come play mm. with you guys every day. But, but the point is, when you ask your family and you ask your kids what it is they want, typically it's that time. It's that, you know, they don't want the nice car, or the, the beautiful house, or that they want you. And I think you guys really do a great job of highlighting, hey, quit lying to yourself. If you want to spend 80 hours a week, then just acknowledge that you for yourself want to spend 80 hours a week. And that's, that's how some people are built. Yeah. But don't say it's for your family when it's not for your family. And I think that you guys really walk through that uh, in a, in an amazing way. And it really was eye-opening for me. Dude, that is a hard realization to make. And listen, I'm not here to judge or criticize again. Like one of the themes in life in here is like transparency and authenticity, like uh, just be you, um, and be honest with yourself. And so 
the truth is, I think a lot of people want the success and the significance that comes along with making money and, and, all, and having multiple businesses. And, and it's, we use our family sometimes as a scapegoat. You know, we had a student once who, who swore more than anything else, her dream was to wake up in the morning, cook a kid's breakfast, um, and uh, bring them to school, pick them up from school and spend time with them. And they, they were, she was married. She had, she had a husband who made uh, north of a, of a hundred year, grand a year. And so he made good money and she also made a lot of money. And so we said, okay, well, what's stopping you from doing it now? And she's like, well, I can't, well, I have all these bills. And she's, and we looked through and saw, saw the bills and said, well, what about this? What about that? And she was driving like an $80,000 SUV that, that had a, had a car payment of, of over uh, $700 a month on. And we said, well, what about if you just get rid of the what if you just get rid of the, the, the SUV and, and we, um, we get you like a, like a pilot. Um, because the re and by the way, the reason why she said she wanted the SUV is because she said it was rated the safest, um, that year. And we got online and in fact, it was the pilot that was rated, had better safety rating. And once, and this was, this was, this wasn't my student. It was one of our coaches and the student and the, the woman said, I could, I could never do that. And, we asked why, and they said, what, what would the neighbors say? And so here was a prime example how a woman didn't want to lose the material items associated with the lifestyle she chose to live. And truthfully, those things were more important than the things she said about being with her kids and making breakfast for them and bringing them to school and picking them up. Like, and so, uh, listen, I'm not going to say what's more important and whether she, that was a right decision or wrong decision, but she wasn't honest with herself, right? She said it, she said one thing, but did another. And so I would just encourage everybody listening to like, look at, look at what you're doing. And is this really what you want? And are you being honest with yourself? Um, are you using your family as a scapegoat? Are we looking for justification for working long hours? Now, again, not to say there are certainly seasons of business and things sometimes are harder and, and more busy than others. But if you find yourself losing other parts of your life or sacrificing other parts of your life in the hopes that someday it'll get better. That's a, that's a red flag, you know, cause you know, if you're busy chronically all the time, that's something wrong. There's something wrong there that you haven't addressed. And in fact, I even think, you know, I, I say this sometimes is like, I think I've thought about this, that, that being busy, I think it's a sign of um, it's a sign of fear. It's a sign of intellectual laziness and it's a sign of lack of creativity. Like if you, if you can't set up your business to, to run without you doing all the work, you don't have a business. Like you, you haven't, you're thinking like an operator, you haven't made the transition yet to business owner and that's fine. Like I, I understand it's a process and you, sometimes people have to go there before they realize the pain of what they've created. That's okay. We'll, we'll help you with that. But you be, again, you've got to be honest. Yeah, dude, that's uh, you know, that's, it's a challenge for a lot of people, um, to totally to, man to get to that point. And, um, you know, David alluded to, to something that, that we're kind of both challenged with right now is just kind of figuring out what, what life looks like, you know, having a vision and, and really, you know, digging into that, but how to, how to manage that vision with, with still working and creating income and, and managing that daily schedule. You know, we've come from 20 years of military service where you show up at a certain time, you don't leave until you're a certain time you have set meetings. You have basically your entire schedule like created for you and you just kind of show up. 
And now it's, it's all on us, you know, yeah. we, and you can go do watchdogs all day long at school and play with the kids and take the kids to school, pick them up play day. And, and I've, I've kind of found myself getting into this role of like dad duty all the time because I, I love it and I want to, but at the same time, I still need to kind of do some work and create some income. Right. And so figuring out that balance of, of how to work from home and how to manage your own schedule now and time block it, it's, it's been challenging for me so far. Um, you know, do you have any advice on, on yeah how to, how to like master that, you know, how to master yep. your schedule and um, so, so the first thing I would say for anybody transitioning is this is an approach I think is valuable. Like I want you to imagine in your mind that you're still working for somebody else in your head. Think of all the things you have to do. And you have somebody looking over your shoulder. Who's going to, who's checking up on you and who's going to, you're going to report to now in real life, you could have an accountability partner. You could have somebody else that you're going to, that's going to help you through this. But that's that's a good thing to to because you have to build in the discipline to get things done still. Now that's only the start because I think the next thing what I would imagine is like okay let's say your your boss your imaginary boss here came to you and said like hey I love everything you're doing but I want you to get it done in six hours instead of eight. What would you do? How can you do that? And then start to and then by the way what you're going to do there is start to think of more creative ways, more intellectual. Um, deeper, uh, deeper ways to kind of to accomplish the same thing in less time. Whether it's delegation, it's automation, it's systemization, whatever it is, right? Or, or elimination. Maybe there's some things you're you're doing that are really, quite frankly, between us, they're like a they're a two on the ten of import uh, on a scale of ten for importance. And so that's the next step. After that, I would. St- and by the way, when you're doing that, what are you gonna do with those other two hours? What do you guys think? You're gonna do your vision stuff, right? Yeah, live your life vision. Yes. And so it's a trans, it's a gradual transition. Do not try to go right from a full-time job or, or career to live in your vision hundred percent. When your vision says you work 10 hours a week, you, yeah. you haven't, you're, you're going to crash and burn. Right. Not only because of like, you're not going to know what to do with yourself, but you're going to be stressed out about, cause you're like, ah, oh, I need to get this business running. I like, it's, it's just not, you have to transition slowly. It's, it's just yeah. like everything in life, right? Like it's those slower, more methodical, more thought out steps are, are more likely to stick. And so I would, I would do that. And then once you do, once you work, once you have that machine running at six hours a day or whatever the number is, right? Like you, you want to take a small step. You could even start with like, Hey, you're work, you, you know, you, a, a typical day for the Navy is what? Eight hours a day. Yeah. Okay. So you could say, how can I get my work done in seven and a half hours? Right. Seven hours and 45 minutes. Start wherever you have to get that bite-sized chunk to get a little bit better in what you're doing prioritize the things you need to do. And then, you know, make sure we, t- and, and, uh, and we'll, we don't probably have a lot of time to start to talk about how to, how to get those, those, those tweaks in, but you gradually step-by-step step, will get yourself down to the point of like your vision that says like, Hey, I work four hours a day and that's still 20 hours a week. And now it's, it's really just that you, the thing I like about that a lot is what you're doing is very few people. Like I, I am not, business person, man. Like I learned this. I was not naturally like some people, like my brother, for instance, he, he can figure out how to, how to make money off of anything. Like he's, he's just, he's a, that's natural for him. It's not for me, but what you're doing is when you, when that first round comes and you have to figure out how to, how to cut your hours and make, and make the same, if not more money, you are exercising that mental muscle 
that now gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And you start to see things differently and you start to understand what's important to business and what's not and, and how to kind of really like tweak and modify your business to, to produce the results you want, but, but not, but not compromise the other stuff. Um, that's, that's a big part of it is, is real. And along with that, we kind of talked about as well as like really that, that, that 80, 20, like really, really yeah. focusing on the, the most important stuff. Cause like, listen, I know we will, we will fill the time we have available with, with most, with crap most of the time. But if you only have, you know, two hours to get all your stuff done, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be working with your hair on fire, but you're, when you're, you know what I mean? Like, but you're going to get 90% of the stuff done you need to get done versus just kind of filling time. Like yeah. you don't want to just fill time. Cause that's, that's not going to help you. The other thing, speaking of, of a transition, man, is like, this is something I did and I still do today. Cause like I got two new daughters and I want to be, I want, I don't, I want to have a lot of time with them. So I'm, I, I actually would, would um, either wake up earlier before everybody woke up and get an hour or two in of work, or I'll do it after everybody goes to bed. Um, it's not affecting my total workload, but it gives me that peace and especially with kids at home and stuff, it, it can be hard with, uh, with getting some peace and quiet. And so like I'd work a couple hours at night from like nine to 11 or something like that. So, so some of that is, is learning that schedule as well, man. But that, those are just a couple of tips. Hopefully that helps. Yeah, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, uh, you know, I, I was kind of on that scale of trying to go full force from all out transition, you know, taking my kid to school, picking up my kid, you know, their home, my preschoolers home at noon and I'm playing with them the rest of the day. And so I had like a two hour window to like knock out all the stuff and I get crushed That's by tough. email. Yeah. Um, and, and my whole day is like consumed by email and there was no really income producing activities. So, um, I had, you know, great conversations with some guys at, at the, um, retreat that I went on and, um, you know, David and now are like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to work nine to three. We've had some good conversations. Yeah. Uh, I think Polish Peter kind of had a similar schedule with his kids in school. Yep. And, um, so man, it's, it's good. I mean, this, you know, this life in our group has really helped to helped us a lot so far. Well, and it was Alex, awesome. We had uh, Steve Cook on. He actually yeah. we had him a long time ago first, and then Peter. Oh, nice. You, but but uh, you know, he he had set, and we we were in the midst. This was relatively early on. We were in the midst of our full time Navy careers and and trying to run a, a business on the side. And and he was like, "Hey guys, um, I, we have till three o'clock. Like our window is here and here. And like he's like, there's nothing after three. So." There's, you, we need to, you need to figure out how to make it work because yeah. I'm going to pick up my kids. Right. And it was, it was, it exposed us to something before really getting deep into it that really intrigued us. And that started our journey towards becoming, uh, you know, becoming life and heirs. Cause you're like, man, that's like, that's pretty cool. Like he, there was no compromise. He wasn't, he's a super nice guy. Like very, like you said, very unassuming, super humble guy. Uh, but he was, there was absolutely complete conviction and zero, like I, we knew there was zero ambiguity in that end time. And so we had to take a day off of work or whatever to make it work. Cause he's like, this is, this is the schedule guys. Like, yeah. And, and once we hit three, you know, you guys turn to a pumpkin. I'm out. Like there's no, um, there's no compromise. And, and, and I love that. Uh, but I think that's some great advice that, that you give. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious and I think we're going to have to bring you back and, and maybe you and Peter back uh, another time to, to go through some of the, cause we love doing very tangible um, you know, bite-sized things for people to take action on. So uh, we'd love to have you guys back, but um, I'm curious just on a, on a higher level, how do you encourage people to take that jump, right? To, to take the jump from whether it's W2 security, you know, once they kind of realize, okay, I'm not really living my vision. If, if they've gone that far, like, how do you really 
take someone through uh, the process of, of actually taking the leap to, to try to live the life that they're meant to live. Yeah, man, because it is scary, right? It can, it can be totally intimidating. So what I've found most effective is, is I have that person, if this is you, if it, whoever it is, think of what your life is going to be look like, look like in three, five, 10 years from now, if nothing changes and you're still at that job and you're still making that same money or maybe with, you know, with your, with your 2% raise, 3% raise every year. Um, what do you think your life is going to look like? And I don't mean just work life. I mean, your relationships, your health, your friendships, every part of your life, what does it look like? And if you see that picture and it makes you sick, then the next question to ask yourself is, does that fear of, of pretty much was what is an inevitable certainty, like that's pretty close to probably what you're going to be experiencing. Is that more or less scary than the chance of going out on your own and, and making it happen on your own? And this is what I tell people as well is like, whether it's a business venture, like Stu, you talked about multiple businesses, right? Whether it's a specific business venture, or even if it's the decision to go out on business for your own, what's the worst that can happen? And could you go back and get another job if you had to? Worst case scenario, if you crash and burn and you have to go get another job for a, for a period of time until you get things up and running again, it's not the end of the world. If you start multiple businesses and you close the wrong one and you crash and burn, well, guess what? You go back to the other one. Like it's not this, it's not a be all end all, but I think the tragedy is trying to and try to stay in the safe zone, like, and, and play it safe. And, and when you see the, the guaranteed, pretty much guaranteed certainty of what life is going to look like. And if that, if that picture just makes you sick, then you're the exact person who needs to, needs, needs to consider this and make the jump. You know, if you're not, I, I'll use this analogy sometimes, like if you're not jumping out of bed, you know, eight out of 10 days excited for what you get to do that day, you're not living your vision. You're living somebody else's, someone else's version of that. Um, and so that's really like that pain associated with staying where you are. Cause I think pain is like pain at the job is kind of like, you know, guys have maybe probably heard that, that metaphor of the dog, you know, laying on the nail long enough. Like it, it just, you know, you, you press the nail up a little more, a little more, a little more, and eventually like the dogs didn't realize it. But I think a job for some people for me, it was, is like that, like where it kind of can sneak up on you and you just catch yourself and you're like, wow, I'm just, I just wake up every day. I'm on autopilot. I go to work. I do what I have to do. I come home at six o'clock at night. I got three hours per night. I'm doing errands. I'm eating. I'm spending a couple of some time with my kids. And then I repeat, wash, rinse, repeat every day. And there's no joy. It's a, it's an, you know, it's a program. Like that's, that's in a really insidious kind of a cycle to be in. And so I think projecting forward what, what life is going to look like if you continue on this road, that, that, that could be enough to push you over. I'll tell you what, dude, it, it, it did for me, man. Like that exercise was, uh, it was super impactful for me. Um, I, I saw, you know, myself 10 years down the road, uh, my wife and I like just continuing to grow apart, grow apart, grow apart to where like I have my own thing. She has her own thing. You know, my, my mom and stepdad were married for 20 years, but they did the same thing. They just grew apart over time. Didn't talk, didn't hang out, didn't do things together, didn't have fun together. And they got divorced. My wife's, her mom and her stepdad did the exact same thing. And I saw us going down that path of, I'm so focused on business. I'm waking up at 4 a.m., crushing business, going to work, doing my thing. And like, I saw that happening and it, it really scared me and it, it woke me up. And um, it really had an impact on, on what, what I want my life to look like. 
Um, so I tell you what, man, it was super impactful for me. And, and I, you know, I, I can't thank you enough. I can't, um, you know, I owe you guys a lot just to, just to kind of change that for me and really kick my, myself in the butt and get into high gear of, of, of creating this vision and, and, and taking action on it. Dude, that's awesome, man. Well, and listen, now you're not going to have to go through that experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, man, for sure. Well, and you, I mean, you know, Stu, Wojo, and you know him well enough to know he doesn't really bring much to the table anyways. Right. So yeah. he's like out, like doing <laughs> the, to, that other stuff. Like better his personality do do it looks, now. Right. Like this personality <laughs> and looks are definitely not going to keep his marriage together. Um, yeah. so. I, I, I am a little butthurt. We, we, uh, we had, um, we asked our, our, our listeners to, to fill out a, a questionnaire at the hundred episode oh. mark. And the last question our, our marketing manager put on just to kind of be funny was like, who's the most funny David or Stu? And like 95% of the people have said that David's more funny. So I, I gotta, I gotta figure out some, some way to be more funny and create some jokes or something. Well, you're so no, hold man. on though, Stu, you got, you can't live you you can't live the vision of what David wants to be. We got to create another version for you. Something different, right? Fair enough. Uh, good yeah, point, like your vision should be like your vision should be like the like the nerdy like you know person that people don't really want to talk to. <laughs> socially awkward, you. like yeah. Uh, oh no, man. man, it's, love, uh, it's only it. because like my mom and my dad, I think, filled out yeah. the, the gave a filled response. Out, yeah, yeah. So like ten times. They felt obligated. Each. Yeah, right. yeah, they felt you, you went on Fiverr too. and had people like submit some responses. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, you know, and that's one thing I love. And you know, I love about you, you and Peter, your dynamic is just it's just a funny, like it reminded me a lot of Stu and I when we were at the conference right. and we listened to your guys' podcast, but because it's what it is, is it it comes from a place of and, and I think why I appreciate it so much and what what I love about it is I don't think I think it's an exception to have, especially with men, to have somebody that you like are totally comfortable with, vulnerable with, accountable to, that you that you can honestly say you love and that the relationship is so genuine that like you just, like there's very few things I can say that I'm gonna say about Stu that he's gonna be like, you know, it's gonna make him cry. I mean, he cries, hey, man. but 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 he- It's not nice. Like, it's, there's a true, um, there's a true fellowship there. And, and you and Peter, it just made me laugh. So I'm like, man, those guys love each other. Right. And and people want to be around that. And so I, I just really appreciated that relationship because it, it you know, reminded me a lot of Stu and I. Oh, dude, you guys are the exact same way. Right. And, and I think you're right, man. A lot, not a lot of people have that. And I'm like, I'm like sad for them. Like they, it's so, it's great. It's fun. It's like, you know, I think, I think especially men, we tend to keep to ourselves much more than we should. Yeah. Yeah. yeah man. No, so I encourage, and I think a lot of it comes with vulnerability, like just the willingness to take a lot of the principles, the life and air principles. And, and when you really, if you sit there and take stock, like for me, it's very important. I've always wanted a business partner and never want to do a business by myself. Um, you know, there's certain things that, that about my personality. And, and once you kind of dig into that, you get your vision straight, you get around other life and errors and you start to be more self-aware, you're able to express that to the people that, that are important to you. And, and, and then it changes the whole dynamic, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not like the too cool for school guy. Like I'm more like the guy, like, dude, you're an overshare and like your, you know, your emotions are making me uncomfortable, <laughs> but, but I think that also leads to some depth and it also had us connect, right? Like, you know, it was very special for Stu and I, when we went to Milwaukee meeting you and Peter in person, like it just, it was, a, it was a really good, um, 
you know, it was, it was very edifying, a very good experience all around outside of all the amazing content and the, the stuff that you had us go through, just the relational side of it was pretty awesome. So. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I think, uh, and people sense that like, right. And like you, you can, you, when you spot it, you see it. And, and I think all of us at, at some level are, are searching for connection, you know, and yeah. that, and that's just a huge part of what we do. And, and even a, a, when we see these visions that people create, like a huge part of that is relationships, really, you know, at the end, if they come into the event thinking like, I want this huge bank account and all this nice stuff. And at the end of it, they're like, you know what, like, I want to reconnect with my dad that I haven't talked to in five years. I want to have a stronger relationship with my spouse. I want my kids to know their parent. And like, that's a lot of times, I think what it, what it comes down to, not all the time, but it, but it's a, it's a large part of it. Yeah, dude, for sure. Well, we can't wait for you to uh, come to Denver and we'll, yes, we'll go play in the mountains, maybe uh, do some snowmobiling or snowboarding or something. And um, so guys and gals, Hey, you know, we're, we're kind of getting to the end here, but um, we want to, we want to talk about life in air um, at Wojo and, and is, is Peter coming in? in uh, he is, March? he is, but so, don't still, you still show up. He'll, he'll be there, but don't worry about it. We'll, we'll keep him in the closet. Are you going to have a translator? <laughs> yeah. Are you going to have a translator? Um, <laughs> we will have, tra- we'll have translations available in the back table. Okay, cool. You guys are jerks, uh, man. Yeah. You, guys are, you guys are cold. <laughs> I'll be sure to uh, tag uh, uh, Peter when we, when we post this yeah. on the socials yes, to have, yeah. him, have him listen, but yeah. Hey, uh, in March, those guys, you guys are coming to Denver for the three day yeah. get getaway. We are, we are. And um, so, it, you know, if, if this sounds interesting to anybody um, go to, what is it? Lifeandair.com. Yep. Lifeandair.com. Check it out. Um, he's got, they've got some other events. Uh, if you haven't read the book, you should absolutely read the book. Um, what else am I missing? Wojo that we want to plug. Dude, that's the, that's the best place to find us. You know, we're going to, we, um, we're on, of course we're on social media and stuff, but like, if you want to really learn more about just what we do, like life is probably in the book is the best, best place to start. Yeah. And the podcast life. In oh podcast yeah, is awesome. dude. Yeah. Thanks man. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. The life well, in show. Yep. This has been, uh, this has been really fun, man. It's, it's uh, great to see you and, um, we'll, we'll put all of, of the, uh, links in the show notes. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, this was, this was good. Dave, you got awesome. anything? No, man. Thanks. Wojo. Really appreciate you. Really appreciate your time. Uh, I, I can't overemphasize the impact that you guys have had on Stu in my life. And, and I just want to encourage you that, you know, we, when we think about you guys and we think about the group, but specifically, you know, you and Peter and, and uh, that relationship, um, and you guys are a gift from, you guys are a gift from God for us. It's a huge blessing to have come into the to the group and and uh yeah we just we love you guys and we're super excited to to be able to commit more and to grow with you and and uh and and the rest of the life in our group and just just super excited and and keep it up man you guys are changing lives uh you guys are impacting people very serious ways that are that are making them better human beings and, and better for their families their legacy everything that's that that they realize is important to them so thank you for that awesome brother. thanks so much guys thanks for having me on appreciate you guys yeah, guys and gals, hey, yeah, go man. check out Life and Eric. Go read the book. Go listen to the podcast. And if you're really interested, come join us in uh, in Denver uh, for the next Good Life Getaway. Um, and uh, hey, share this. You know, take a screenshot of this episode, share it on your social medias, uh, tag us, uh, reach out if you need anything, have any questions about it. And uh, hey, most important, go fill your storehouse. Make a great day, friends. Thank you. See ya. Thanks, Wojo. See you guys. Thanks for listening to Filling the Storehouse. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and share it with someone you love. And if you really felt inspired, leave a five-star review so we could continue to grow and help other Christian entrepreneurs fill their storehouse. 
you're interested in creating financial freedom through real estate investing, be sure to check out our website at storehouse310turnkey.com. We'd love to serve you through our platform of building the kingdom. Just click on the contact link and we'll reply to you as soon as we can. Again, thanks so much for listening. Now go for your storehouse and make it a great day.